Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! The theme of our church globally is heaven rules this year. And this is drawing from Daniel chapter 4 verse 26 uh, that says that, you know, heaven rules. That means God's kingdom reigns forevermore. Amen. Jesus rules. Heaven rules. No matter what is happening here in our world, the kingdom of heaven cannot be shaken. Amen. And, and, and heaven rules also means that eventually, you know, God will win the day. How many know that 2,000 years ago on the cross, Jesus has already done it all. The battle, the war has been won. Uh, right now, it's just, you know, grace time that God has given us so that we turn to Him. Amen? And so God will come back again. Jesus will come back again. Uh, and, and, and not only come back, but God wants His heavenly realm to intersect with ours and to completely cover ours. That's why when Jesus teaches us to pray, He says, no, your kingdom come. You know, God's kingdom to come over our earth To heal the brokenhearted Amen To to let the blind see again The lame walk Amen To see the oppressed set free God's kingdom come Heaven rules And, And I just sense that God wants us to remember That heaven rules is not just a theme For the theme's sake But it's actually a promise And the divine truth and sometimes, uh, as, as Christians, uh, we can be so used to certain jargon and lingo that, that we forget that it's something very powerful. I'll use an example. You know, I'm from Malaysia. And in Malaysia, for many, many years now, there has been there's this phrase um, that, that, you know, in, in, in the local language, it's called Malaysia Bole. Right, which translated means that Malaysia, uh, you know, it, it, it's possible. No, we can do it. You know, Malaysia, we can do it. You know, I was about to say Malaysia can, but then I realized that that doesn't quite translate well to our international friends. What can? You know, tin can, aluminum can. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, 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 Malaysia, we can do it. You know, it, that's what it means. Uh, but, but despite it being a very positive and powerful statement, uh, over the years, reality has colored that perception that nowadays many Malaysians don't get excited when we hear that phrase. Uh, in fact, we become cynical and we laugh about it and we go like, yeah, yeah, Malaysia, all things are possible, you know, especially the worst things. You know, it becomes like that. And, and God is saying that, you know, the last thing He wants is for us to be Christians, to be in, in acts and, and to, to, to get cynical. And to get disillusioned whenever the Holy Spirit comes upon the church leadership to declare the theme of the year. And God is saying that heaven rules. Whether you believe it or not, whether you're on board with it or not, heaven rules. Whether this morning you gave God your best and all you didn't praise Him at all, heaven rules. God is forever seated on high. He's going to win whether you're on His side or not. And God is saying, but He wants us to be on His side. And God is saying that heaven rules. And and in this year, He wants to see, you know, uh, His kingdom overlap even more and more with our lives. How many know that we are actually uh, people of dual citizenship? You know, we are, and I'm not talk, talking about the passport that you carry. I'm saying that, yes, we are citizens of this world. We are born here, made here, you know, but we, in Christ Jesus, are also citizens of heaven. And God is saying that, that His realm is going to come and intersect with our realm. And, and that's going to happen more and more, you know, uh, this year. In other words, God is saying that He wants to see more healing this year. He wants to see more miracles this year, you know. And the thing is this, that, that, that it's going to happen whether we are on board or not. But God is saying that, won't you be on board? Because not only do I want to see more testimonies this year, God is saying He wants to see more testimony in our lives. He wants to see more freedom in our lives. He wants to, you know, God's going to set people free this year, whether you like it or not. The question is whether you would like to see yourself set free. Would you like to see fear released from your life? Amen. And God is saying that, you know, tell my people this, you know, uh, that, that I want them to, to, 
to remember again their identity, that they're not just citizens of this earth, that your boss does not have the final say over your life. Your job is not the end-all and be-all. Your family is, is not, is not the, the, you know, the only one you have on this planet. You, you have a heavenly father. Amen. You have dual citizenship. And, 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 and many times, the longer we live on planet Earth, slowly we can forget actually how majestic, how powerful, and how much God wants to move. And so today, I, I, wanna, I, want, I just feel the Holy Spirit. And not just today, I feel that ever since this year, God has been, you know, directly or indirectly, through the different speakers and through the different messages, uh, uh, He's been sowing a divine thread, uniting all of them, you know, bringing us closer and closer back to our identity as a citizen of heaven. You know, how many know that if you are from a certain country, in fact, every country has its own unique language and accent. And even in the first message of this year, where we heard from Pastor Kenneth about the power of forgiveness, and God is trying to tell us that, hey, as citizens of heaven, we speak a language, and that language is a language of forgiveness and grace. Amen? You know, the world might find it hard to, to say sorry or to forgive, but in the kingdom of heaven, because we have been forgiven much, we are also able to forgive much. And God is saying that, you know, as citizens of heaven, you know, it's not complaint that needs to come out, it's grace that needs to come out. It's benefit or doubt that needs to come out. It's forgiveness that needs to come out of our mouths. And then on the uh, second you know, Sunday of the year, you know, I, I spoke a message on, on New Year, New Fire, but what it really means is that, you know, we got to feed ourselves to the right thing, you know? You know, that, that there's a fire within us that we need to feed. And we need to feed that fire the right things. And how many know that every country has their own unique cuisine? Amen. Sushi is from Japan. You know, the baguette is from France. You know, fish and chips is from England. And nasi lemak is from Malaysia. And, 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 and Singapore gets um, chili crab, chili crab. Amen, amen. <laughs> and, and it's so important for us to feed ourselves. And as, as citizens of heaven, there's something that we got to feed ourselves. Amen? And then for, after that, you know, we, we, we talked about, you know, what, what true blessing is, what true prosperity is. And how many know that, you know, every, every country has its own unique currency, right? There's the pounds, there's the dollar, there's, there's the, you know, all these things. And, and in heaven, uh, our biggest treasure is Jesus. It's our hope is in Jesus, our freedom that's in Jesus. It is in Jesus that we are rich. You know, our wealth, every other earthly nation, the wealth and the worth of that nation is determined by, I don't know, how high their currency is being traded. You know, what commodity and assets they, they have. But in the kingdom of heaven, our second citizenship, you know, uh, no, it, it, there will never be a recession because Jesus reigns forevermore. Amen? And, and, and after after that, you know, even though last week uh, we weren't here, but, but Pastor Nikki was, was preaching and, and she preached a powerful message on, on who is Jesus to you. And that's so important because every nation has a leader. And our leader is Jesus. Who is he to you? Is he just an, a carpenter that lived 2,000 years ago? Is he just a good moral teacher? Or is he the Savior King who lives forevermore? Amen? And how you view leadership affects how you view your country. And so, do you see what God is doing? Through different messages, He's, he's, he's sowing this thread, reminding us, positioning us to become more aware or reminded of our true identity. Amen? As citizens of God's kingdom. And so, today, I want to continue in that. Today, I feel like God wants us to be proud to be a citizen of heaven again. You know, in, in, the, in the world that we live in today, I know um, uh, sometimes, can I be real? As a Malaysian, I, I get jealous. You know, whenever I travel, I get jealous of the, the Singaporean passport. You know, because uh, if, you, if you travel into the UK, uh, uh, there's, there's a lane that says all other passports. And then there's a lane that says UK passports. And then a few unique flags. And I'm always so jealous. I'm like, oh, Singapore. You know, Singapore, special treatment. You get to go, you know, and maybe South Korea and, and, and certain, you know, unique countries. And, 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 and you know, and every now and then we, we hear 
you know, our friends from Singapore, they go like, oh, I'm, uh, uh, this weekend, uh, I'm just doing a little, you know, uh, uh, um, a trip to New York. And you'll be like, oh, wow. You know, as a Malaysian, to, to go to America, I, I got to apply for a visa. You know, I got to bring all my documents and go to the embassy and I've got to be asked questions like, have you ever been part of a terrorist organization? And all these things because I'm from Malaysia, but Singaporeans can just arrive without visa. You know, they can just have their, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and, and, and sometimes, have you been there before? Where even though you're from a certain country, but due to different diplomatic reasons, you feel less and less proud to be associated with that country. Have you been there before? You know? You know, and, and you, but God wants us today not to be proud to be Singaporean, not to be proud to be Asian, but to be proud to believe again. Amen. So if you're taking down notes, the title of our message today is called Proud to Believe. Proud to Believe. In other words, God wants us to, you know, there's, there's no Christian word for patriotism, you know? <laughs> uh, but this is the closest to it. God is saying that if there's anything I want you to help my people to be, you know, quote-unquote, patriotic towards the kingdom of heaven again, to be proud of the kingdom of heaven again. And because and, and, and some, sometimes, you know, we live in a culture and society that, friends, if we are honest, uh, uh, makes us feel ashamed to be associated with the kingdom of heaven. Come on, you know, we live in a world today that, that seemingly uh, uh, using science is almost going like, you know, if you ever, if you study science or you, you talk to colleagues who, 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 who profess to be atheists or different things, you know, uh, science seems to be uh, the more, I don't know, the more elevated philosophy of the day. And faith seems, seems to be uh, perceived as a second class or even a backwards way of thinking. Hello, have you been there before? Right? And, and sometimes in the culture of the world that we're living in, especially in Western civilization, it feels like, we're, you know, it's, it's harder and harder to, to be proud of being a Christian. You know, if you say that you're a Christian, you're afraid that people might laugh at you. People might think that you're stupid, you're dumb. Your backwards, your bigot, or different, different things. But friends, actually, that's not true. You know, that's just how the devil wants us to, to feel. And first of all, let me put it out there. I love science. We've got so many scientists in, 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 in church, PhD people that they're, they're, they're doing amazing research and advancement. We've got engineers and stuff like that. But do you know the truth is this, friends, that science and faith uh, are not enemies, you know, but they, are, they, 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 they come together like hands in a glove. Don't let the enemy, don't let the world, don't let your friends who don't know better tell you otherwise. You have nothing to be shy of. You can be a Christian and, and, and science doesn't contradict. You know, the, let me put it this way, right? The, 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 the prevailing theory of, of creation, uh, the modern theory of creation is the Big Bang Theory. It's the Big Bang Theory. It's not a sitcom. It's the Big Bang Theory. And he says that, you know, the world started with one big, dense explosion, you know. And, 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 and you know, out of that came the universe and, 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 and all that. But you can ask even the most brilliant scientists, and in preparation for this message, I actually, you know, Google out. There's one very famous physicist or quantum physicist. His name is Brian Cox. And, and he himself also said that, you know, we, we believe that everything came from one Big Bang, but, but what came before the Big Bang, he says that science still does not have an answer. And, and yet when I read the Bible, you know, when you read the Bible, in, in the first page, it says that in the beginning, God. And, and God created the heavens and the earth. And he wasn't talking about his house because if there was already God, that means that there was already his heaven. And so, in other words, God in the beginning created the material and immaterial universe, heaven and earth. And God said, let there be light. And it almost feels like the Bible is in a way complementing the Big Bang Theory and saying that, yeah, science says that it started with big light explosion. But the Bible fills in the blank certain things that happened before that. So do you see how it complements? You can be a, 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 a Christian and, and still believe in the Big Bang Theory. But you might say, no, but what about the, the days and, and all that? Don't worry, we can talk more about that after service, you know, and can help you bring Scripture to life. Well, let's, let's not dwell on that, no? Or, or maybe some of us go like, you know, everything came from evolution and, and the stuff for like that. You know, and that's a fascinating theory. 
But, but when you look at the, 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 the human being uh, was so complex. Do you know that all of us in, in every part of our cell has this powerful thing called a DNA? Even your spit, there's DNA in your spit. You know, in your dandruff, there's even DNA. You know, in your fingernail clippings, there's, there's, de- there's DNA, there's dead cells. That, and, and, and every single cell has a nucleus and every nucleus is, is our DNA. And, and what the DNA is, it's, it's like, a, like a line of code that, that tells the cell how it ought to move and how it ought to behave. In other words, another word for code is, is language. And how many know that language doesn't just appear out of thin air? Those of you who do computer science, a line of computer code. If you, walk the, the, you know, if you walk into a cave and you see a line of computer code, you don't go like, oh, it just happened. No, 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 somebody wrote that code. And, and in other words, our DNA is not just a byproduct of nature. It's a line of code. It's a line of information. It's a language. And what is language if not something that has an author, has a mind behind it? So, and, and, and then, you know what's the beautiful thing? In the Word of God, the Gospel of John, he, he says in such poetic ways, he says, in the beginning was the Word. Jesus wasn't just Jesus, He's also known as the Word. Our single, every cell has code. He is the Word. He is the author. Hebrews call Him the author and the finisher. And do you see how the Bible is filling in all the gaps and, and causing that to be such divine harmony? So friends, you don't need to, to, to be ashamed of being a believer. You can be proud to be a believer. But you know what? I'm not even proud to believe just because my faith and science can coexist. I'm proud to believe. And God wants us to be proud to be believers again because we are loved. We are loved. We, we are loved by the most high God. And not only does He love us, the Bible says that Jesus died for us and He took away the punishment of our sin. You see, you know, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, if you have your Bible, why don't you turn that? Romans 8, verse 1 says this, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Not only are we loved by God, He's taken away condemnation. You don't ever need to feel condemned. You know, the, the world that we're living in today, you know, uh, we love to talk about our trauma. We love to talk about, you know, every now and then you hear people say, oh, I'm, you, know, I, you know, they saw something, they heard something, and then they make an off-the-cuff statement like, oh, I'm having a PTSD, you know, or, oh, I'm getting triggered. And what that really means is that, oh, no, you know, seeing that, experiencing that is causing some awful, awful, awful memories of my past to come swarming in and I'm, and I'm feeling nauseous about it. I feel paralyzed, but I want you to know that, you know, you know why we can be proud to believe? Because in the kingdom of heaven, there's no excess baggage. There's true, deep emotional healing. You see, the, the, sometimes we, we, we can become a Christian for so long that we forget that actually we are horrible, horrible people. We are horrible, horrible people. You know, sometimes we, we, we forget you know, what a privilege it is to be a child of God. We think that we earned it. <laughs> we think that, you know, uh, we are entitled uh, to be loved by God. No, we are not entitled to be loved by God. We are horrible, horrible people. I know I'm not talking to a room full of murderers here. I know, I know. I hope not, okay? If you are, Jesus loves you. We can talk after the service at a police station. No, I'm just okay. You know, but, but, but we forget, friends, that actually we, we deserve to be condemned. But in Christ, He's taken away the condemnation. You know, all of us here, you know, the world that we live in is broken. The Bible has a word for it. It's fallen. It's sinful. And all of us here, we have, we are either directly or indirectly partaking and benefiting from this broken and fallen system. You know, whether it's true personal sin or systematic sin. You know, let me put it this way, right? For some of us, we, we know that, that we are broken. We know that we are sinners. We know that we have done things that have not only, you know, blasphemed against God, disappointed Him, hurt Him, but we've also hurt people. 
But even if, you know, some of us here could be thinking, no, 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 I'm, I'm not such a person, you know, Pastor, you know, I, I'm, I'm just very good, you know, I come from the very, very perfect land called Singapore, uh, you know, I was born, I was very hardworking, you know, I've never made my parents cry, the only tears they ever cried were tears of joy, and, uh, you know, I worked really hard, and then I got myself a scholarship even here doing university, I'm on a government scholarship, and, and, and therefore, you know, I, I, I'm not so bad and I'm not a sinner. And, 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 but, but friends, maybe on a personal level, you might be like a saint. But like the issue of global warming, we all directly or indirectly are contributing to it, you know. And then maybe you might feel that way, but I, I, I hate to burst your bubble, but, but there are so many news reports coming out now that they have reported that Singapore is positioning itself to become the Switzerland of the East, the Cayman Islands of the East, where, where, where people can just park their money. We don't care where you're from. We don't care if you're a dictator. We don't care if it's illegal money. Park your money in Singapore. And so, you know, I'm not here against Singaporeans. Singaporeans, I love you. Mwah, 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 okay? But I'm just here to say that, you know, we're not as perfect as we are no matter where we come from. And even if we think that our nation is amazing, there are things that happen behind the scenes that we, you know, so if, 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 if our governments are benefiting illegally from, from, from blood money and, and, and is washing that blood money into student scholarships, we're still guilty. Hello, does it make sense? You know, that's why there's so many protests in the, in the world today. You know, you don't have to get political. Just, just go to the British Museum and, you, and, and, and they can go, look at our collection and you realize everything is stolen from another country. You know, again, I'm not here to get political. I'm just here to get biblical. I'm just here to remind us that we are not that clean. Not a single nation on the earth is clean. Not a single person on the earth is clean. And if, and if anything at all, we deserve to be condemned. But you know what? Jesus took that condemnation. And that's why I'm, I'm like, wow, who doesn't want to be part of the kingdom of heaven where there's no condemnation, where there's forgiveness? The only pure kingdom, the only pure nation is the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And, and, and so, you know, that, and that, that's, that's at least another reason for us to be proud to believe. But not only does God love us, and not only has Jesus died, you know, for the forgiveness of our sins that deserve to be condemned, He took the condemnation in our place. But not only that, not only does He love us, but He wants us. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, says this, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Holy Spirit is also the spirit of adoption that allows us access into the kingdom of heaven. And this is such a beautiful thing. Not only does God have a kingdom, and not only is that kingdom a kingdom of love, but He wants you in that kingdom. You know, the, the world that we live in, when we look at the word adoption, is usually seen in a negative light. You know, if there's anyone here who, who, if you're adopted, very rarely you will want to tell people, yay, I'm adopted, I don't know who my biological parents are. <laughs> no, you want to keep it a secret. You know, even people who adopt children, sometimes they struggle. We read articles where the parents struggle. When's the right time to tell the child? Because it might crush the child. But here, God, in His beautiful nature, He turns something that's ugly in this world and He turns it into something beautiful. Do you know that adoption is something that happens by choice? Sometimes we think that, oh yeah, God loves me, but he, no, he, he, he has no choice because He is good. We think that God loves us because He has no choice but to love us. Because we've heard it preached, oh, it's in His nature. And it is in His nature, but how many know that God has a choice? And He chooses you. He says that in the spirit of the, when you adopt, it's a choice. As much as we celebrate the biological birth, it doesn't always happen by choice. Sometimes it can happen by accident. Let's not go there. Okay, God loves you, everyone. But, you know, when you adopt, nobody accidentally adopts. You know, it's not like, you know, consenting to, I don't know, the, the, you know, how when you buy the new iPhone, 
it gives you a whole wall, like you're so excited to use the product, and then it gives you this big wall of text, and you don't even know what you're reading, you just scroll, 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 I consent. You know, how many are glad that you, you know, five months later, you, the baby doesn't arrive at your doorstep, and you go like, uh-oh, what's this? Oh, you consented, you know, in the, in the fine print, it's actually, you also agreed to adopt a, a child from a third world country. What? You know? No, 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 adoption is by choice, it's not by accident. God chose you. And you know what's a beautiful thing about adoption is that sometimes it happens, you know, uh, um, across culture and, 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 and across uh, 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 racial uh, barriers. You know, we, we have an um, amazing uh, 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 couple of pastors um, in one of our churches in, in, in Indonesia, ex Karawachi, you know, Pastor Sadin, Pastor Kajin, you know, some of you have met them, they've ministered here previously, and, and they have two children. And, and one of them is adopted. And I can say this because the adoption is very clear. <laughs> the child, you know, they, they are a Chinese couple, but, but the, their son is, is not of the same race. And yet, when they were preparing for the adoption, they told their first child, who is their biological child, their daughter, her name is Isabel, we call her Belle. And, and, and Pastor Sadie said, hey, Belle, um, in a couple of days' time, there's going to be a new addition to the family. And you know, they, 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 in the, they, apparently, I don't know, I'm not there yet, I'm not a parent. One day, I, I might be, I'll let you know when I get there. Uh, and, and, and said that before, you, you, when you have multiple children, sometimes it's good, I'm not sure, <laughs> but sometimes it's good to, to, to talk to the children. I'm not sure if any of your parents talked to you uh, before your younger sibling came about. <laughs> uh, uh, doesn't matter, okay? Uh, uh, there's now no more condemnation, okay? So don't, don't feel, you know, and, and, and it basically was explaining and said, hey, yeah, um, now I want you to know, Belle, that you come from mommy's womb. But Isaac is coming from mommy's heart. And I've never heard adoption explained in such a beautiful way. And, 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 and in that same vein, God is saying that it's from his heart that He wants us. And, 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 and the beautiful thing about adoption is this, that when you adopt a kid, a child, from, from another background than you, that, that, that it's impossible that that child will, will look like you. The skin color will not match up. The facial features might not match up. A certain personality traits might not match up. But God chose to adopt. And that's a beautiful message of grace. Sometimes we feel that we can never match up to God. No matter how long you've been a Christian, you feel like I don't look anything like God. I think God hates me. I think God's going to reject me. I, I think God's not answering my prayers anymore. But, but friends, that's not true. That's the lie of the enemy. I want us to be proud. We, we, we are not only part of a loving kingdom, but a gracious kingdom that, that adopts everybody in with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of adoption. In other words, God is prepared that there will be certain parts of you that will not look like Him. But He adopts you anyway. Does it make sense? If human parents who are fallen and worthy of condemnation can love with such an altruistic love, what more our Father in heaven? So when the Bible says we are, we are included in, we are washed by the blood of Christ and included in by the Holy Spirit of adoption, God is saying that I know what I'm getting into. And, 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 you know, there might be certain things where we will never be able to change, but it doesn't change the fact that God loves you. Man, if that doesn't make you feel like, wow, I, I'm so glad I'm a Christian. I'm so glad I'm part of such a magnificent, beautiful kingdom. Wow. If that doesn't do it, don't worry. i got another point. It sounds like I'm going through my three points, but no, I'm just going through my introduction. I know I'm running out of time, but I promise I'll, I'll preach. Uh, now I'm going into, I'm building layers. What I'm saying is that, we, friends, come on, let's get excited to believe again. You know, let's not let signs and the culture of today rob us of that joy and of that pride to be associated with Christ. Amen? And, 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 and if, you're, if that's not enough, then, then let the love of God that has removed every condemnation, every excess baggage, how many of you have been there before where, where there are some pain and tragedy and abuse in your life and, and, and there were times where you had to cry yourself to sleep? 
But in Christ Jesus, not only will you receive forgiveness, but you also receive healing. You'll be forgiven and healed of your past. Whether it's caused by you or another person, there will be great healing, no more condemnation. And even if due to the different fallen nature of the world, you will, you, you will never ever able to match up to who God is or who Jesus is, it doesn't change the fact that God still loves you and you are included in via adoption. But what I love even more than that is that, and this is my first point of three points I'll give to you today, that God has a purpose. God has a purpose. You know, Let's, let's read and now expand. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 2. I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud. I'm so excited to be a believer. Because not only does He love me, not only has He adopted me, not only is He pouring out His grace as due every morning towards me and giving me chance and helping me to improve, but He's putting me to work. He has a purpose for me, friends. He has a purpose for you. He has a purpose for every single one of us. This is the closest thing the church will ever get to Oprah Winfrey. You get a purpose. You get a purpose. Everybody gets a purpose. In Christ Jesus, we all have a purpose. Don't take my word for it. Let's look at Scripture. It says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Let's just pause there. The race that is set before us. Every single one of us has a race that God sets before us. Even if you look at the Olympic races, every one of us, we have a lane. A lane that only we can run. And, and, and how many know that if you run well, all of us get a prize. It's not just one gold medal. All of us get a prize. All of us have a purpose. There is a race. And for some of us, we, we forget, we think that our career, we think the rat race is the only race. No, there is a better race than the rat race. It's called the heavenly race. It's called the race of faith. That's the race. That's the, if you don't like the word race, because you're, you're going, I'm not a very competitive person. Okay, I feel you. I feel you. I'm not like that too. There's a purpose. And what I love about this is, you know, because recently, World Cup happened. And of course, uh, every Argentinian was so happy that they won the World Cup. Every, every person from the French team was probably crying. But I wonder sometimes, you know, wow, it's amazing for whichever team, right? No bias, but whichever team that wins, it's so amazing. But sometimes I wonder, oh, I wonder how, how it feels like to be a reserve member. Have you, have you been there before? You know, like, like you get the medal, but, but I don't know, do they feel conflicted? Do they feel like they earned it? Because they were just warming the bench the entire time. I'm here to tell you, good news is this, right? That's another conundrum we can talk over lunch. In, the good news is this, in the kingdom of heaven, I'm so proud that God loves me. I'm so proud to be part of God's kingdom because He has a plan for me. I want you to know, in the kingdom of heaven, there's no such thing as bench warmers. There's no such thing as bench warmers. You see, God's not a hoarder. God's not just, oh, I love everyone. I don't want to see mankind go to damnation, so I'm just going to collect, collect, collect. God's not some, some, some crazy, you know, collector who just wants to collect. He's not a hoarder. I'm a hoarder. You know, they're, 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 if you've been to the church hub before, you'd be like, why is there a piece of plastic bag here? And then Pastor Kev will always try to throw it away. I'd be like, no, there's a reason. <laughs> I can use it. <laughs> and it's just like, you're just hoarding. Maybe... But, but, you know, and I'm keeping, you know, haven't been there before, you do take away and, you, and there's a little packet of ketchup and I don't throw it, I keep it. Well, why? You already have a bottle of ketchup, but who knows, right? Hey, that's you. That's me. That's not God. God doesn't keep you because you're a little packet of ketchup. God keeps you, involves you because He has a plan for you. He has a race set before you. And I don't know if that doesn't get you excited. God, God loves you so much that He involves you. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to go like, oh, oh, come, come, you know, you know. You know, well, it, it's, it's crazy when you think about it, right? 
It's like a pilot of a plane bringing in his adopted kid and, and, and letting him into the cockpit sounds nice, but putting him on the pilot seat sounds crazy. And yet, that's God's crazy love for us. He says, I love you so much that I trust you to be able to do what I do. There are many more people that need saving. There are many more people who need to hear the good news. There are many more people who need to be set free. There are many more people who need to be comforted. I need you to be like your big brother Jesus to them. There are people in your life the race set before us every single... My race is different than your race. I tell people all the time, I say that your time in UK, whether you're a student or young working adult, you know, it, it's, it's a limited time. We truly don't know how long. Maybe if you study, it's three years. If you find a job, maybe longer. But even if you get to stay for a very long time in this land by God's grace, wonderful. But, but, but even the combination of people that you hang out with is, is changes from year to year and you can never get that back. Your, your, your housemates that you change year to year, you're never going to get that same combination back. That means that your housemates, your friends, your colleagues that you're surrounded by, no matter how you feel about them, it's a race that's set before you by God. If, 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 ha, ha, this is where we need to come back to the fact that we are loved by God. Some of us go like, I hate my housemates. I feel like God's punishing me because last year I didn't serve. So this year He's putting me in evil housemates. No, 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 no. God is love, no condemnation. So your housemate situation, your job situation, hello, is not because of condemnation. That situation is a race, it's a purpose, it's a plan that God tailored for you. If God didn't think that you were the right people to impact them, He wouldn't put them in your life. And the fact that He puts them in your life it's, it's God saying that, hey, these are people that I want you to love. But I don't have the capacity to love them. Come to me. Be fueled up by me. Be ministered to by me. Let me fill your cup and then you can pour into their cup. And then you can wash their cup. You can wash their feet. Do you see? God has a plan. God has a plan. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say that your job is more than a paycheck. There's a purpose. Amen? Don't just graduate with a degree. Graduate with a testimony. Amen? But you know what's more beautiful about purpose? My second point is this. God is giving us a powerful purpose. A powerful purpose. Let's, let's look back at Hebrews again. Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Sometimes when we look at that and we think of the analogy that the writers, the author of Hebrews here is using, which is a race, we think that, oh, we are surrounded by cheerleaders. We're surrounded by spectators. But no, 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 no. We are surrounded by witnesses. They are not there to witness you. They are there as fellow witnesses. Because you see, the, 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 the scripture starts with therefore. And every time you see therefore, you've got to ask yourself, what is it therefore? And, and, and it's there because in chapter 11, which we don't have the time to go back to, but if you go back and you read the whole of chapter 11, it talks about the different people throughout history, throughout biblical history, that has been used by God. Starting all the way from Abel. And God says that even Abel's death, by his, in the hands of his brother Cain, even that death looking very tragic, there was a purpose. And God named everything from Abel to Abraham to Moses to, 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 to every, you know, to David, to, to, to everyone. And God, in, 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 in chapter 11, was showcasing how all these people were used mightily by God. And then it says, therefore, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. In other words, the true reading is this. Hey, look at your predecessors. Look at the people that have gone ahead of you. They are not spectators, they are witnesses. Another, another way to explain a witness is somebody who has first-hand experience, first-hand knowledge. 
In other words, the Bible is trying to encourage us, these people that have gone before you, they have first-hand knowledge and experience of the race that you're running because they too ran their race and they finished well. Some were short, some were long, some were mighty, some were tragic, but in the end, all of it glorified God. And all of it was powerful. And, 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 and this is why we got to be excited because God doesn't just have a plan. He has an exciting plan for us. Our God is not a boring God. You know, don't let the world that we live in, don't let your friends, don't even let yourself, don't let the media you consume make you feel like faith and Christianity is boring. It's not. We are called Christians. That means little versions, miniature versions of the Christ, of Jesus. True Christianity is God restoring us and maturing us so that we become like Jesus. And God is saying that He wants to see more healings. You know, I, I don't know about you, but, but I want to see more healings this year. I want to see more miracles this year. I want to see more answered prayers this year. And I want to see a greater move of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that it will happen. You know, even as our global church is, is gearing towards a, 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 a conference at the end of February, where, where we're going to unpack fully, you know, the theme of the year, Heaven Rules, but it feels like God's setting us up in preparation for that. And, and I already feel it in my spirit that, 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 that in the coming months, in, in March, April, and, and, and go on, I already feel God brewing within me and within others as well, different messages that will help us to, to live heaven on earth now. And God is saying that, you know, he wants to pour out miracles. The question is, are there volunteers to participate? Amen? Don't grow cynical. Some of us, you know, we, we, we sit under this kind of preaching year after year. Oh, yes, yes, I want to see miracles. And then after a while, it just becomes white noise. After a while, we become cynical. We, after a while, we just think that it's, you know, it's just, you know, something that people say for fun. You know, like, like recently, there was a... a, a um, uh, a thank you speech by this actor. You know, his name is Kihi Kwan. And uh, some of you probably saw a viral clip of him. And uh, just in case you don't know, I, I've, I've lived slightly longer, so I know him from the Goonies and, and Indiana Jones Temple of Dune, a short round. Mr. Jones, Mr. Jones. And, and some of you might know him from recently, you know, everything, anywhere, something, something, all at once. And, and in, when he won the Golden Globes, he said that, you know, I, 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 um, before tonight, I, I was so afraid that my best years were behind me. But because of the award, he felt like, no, my best years are ahead of me. Friends, I want you to know that you don't need a Golden Globes to tell you that your best years are ahead of you. You know, Jesus Christ and what He's done on the cross tells you that the, that the best years are ahead of you. Amen? You know, God is saying that, no, that you've not yet even, you know, uncovered the tip of the iceberg of what He has in store for you. Uh, and, and, and I want you to know that God has an exciting, powerful purpose for you. You're more than just an engineer. You're more than just a lawyer. You're more than just whatever it is that the world tries to box you up. Whatever it is your ambition is, God says you are more than that. You're more than a doctor. You're a miracle worker. You're more than an engineer. You're an evangelist. Amen? And I've got third points this. We have a purpose. God has a plan. All of us is a race set before us, so get excited. It's not a boring plan. It's a powerful purpose. We are, we are continuing, you know, in the hall of fame of all the people in chapter 11. And, 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 and the question is, will you say yes to God? but it's also very possible. Point number three, it's a powerful, possible purpose. Because sometimes when we look at this, we go like, it's too good to be true. Maybe God can use Pastor Cat. He can't, you know, he can't use me. Maybe God can use Sam. He can't use me. You know, maybe God can use Rora. God can't use me. Maybe God can use Gareth. God can't use me. No, 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 no. God wants to use Everyone, there are no bench warmers. He's an exciting plan for all of us, and it's possible. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12 again. It says here, right? Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, people who've been where we've been and succeeded, let us now be inspired by them, lay aside every weight, because just because it's a purpose doesn't mean there's no obstacle. 
And just because God has a plan doesn't mean there are not, nothing in this world. There is temptation, there is the devil, there is our own flesh that wrestles against us, that tries to weigh us down through sin. And it tries to ensnare us so that we trip and fall. But despite all that, let us run with endurance. Praise God. It's a, it's a long race. Turn to your neighbor and say, God has a long race for you. Amen. God has a long race for you. Endurance. You need endurance. Right? Some of us here, we've given up because we ran out of endurance. But the Bible says, run with endurance. The race that is set before you, the race that is tailor-made for you. But how do you run with endurance? How do you lay aside every weight? How do you defeat the sin which so easily ensnares? By, 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 by denying your, your urges? Some of us, we've been tricked by the world to think that obedience. Because the thing is this, we want God. We want to live according to His will. But many times, what gets in the way is obedience. It could be simple step of trusting God or, 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 or obeying Him on His rules and His, His promises. And sometimes we think that you no know, obedience is so hard. We think that it's about suppressing. We think it's about pushing down. We think it's about denying, you know, our urges. And, and, and sometimes, you know, it, it feels like so hard to obey. You know, maybe you're a guy living in, I know, a Western civilization where, where you know, the, the, the fashion sense of the world nowadays is less is best. And you go around going like, how do I? You know, the Bible says that even if I look lustfully as a woman, I've committed adultery. Oh no! How, how, how can I obey? You know, Instagram is tempting me. You know, the double-decker bus is tempting me. You know, university is tempting I don't know what to do. And you think that maybe by wearing little blinkers, like the horse, you know, and you, you, oh, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. No, 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 that's not obedience. That's not the picture of obedience. We think sometimes that's obedience. No, no, no. The Bible says it's looking onto Jesus. Breakthrough is found when we look onto Jesus. Not looking to the left, not looking to the right, but look onto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. In other words, the, the author of Hebrews gives us an insight. You know what? Possibly, you know, sometimes we go like, wow. You know, uh, uh, you know, because of God's love for us, He died on the cross. Yes, because of His love for us, He went to the cross. But how many know that the cross wasn't an instantaneous death? It was a torturous, long, hanging execution, which He had to endure. And you know, what it says here, He, for the joy that was before Him, this is the beautiful, beautiful, exciting picture of the kingdom of heaven. When Jesus was on the cross, going through the nails, in pain, hurting, finding it difficult to breathe, you know, dying and agonizing death, what made him stay there? Do you know that my Jesus is strong? He could have broken the cross and go, enough! Another big bang, you know? And then, and then you know, let's start again, but he, he didn't. He endured for the joy that was set before Him. And I cannot comprehend it, but I can only imagine that Jesus is saying that one day, if, if I go through with this, it means, that, it means that Michelle gets to make it to heaven. It means that Kinon gets to spend eternity with me. It means that Jamie gets to be reunited with her loved ones in my heavenly kingdom. Do, do you know what I'm, what I'm saying? You know, if I don't use your names, it doesn't mean you're not included in that plan. <laughs> I can go on and on, you know. And, and Jesus on the cross is enduring and saying, I'm doing this for Jane, I'm doing this for Lee Ann, I'm doing this, you know, for, 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 for everyone, I'm doing this for Hannah, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm doing it for them, I'm staying here for them. Because if I die and go through this, that means that they have a chance. And, 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 and this is how we overcome. I pay attention. This is how we overcome. So you overcome by looking unto Jesus and following His example. The next time God tells you, right? Hey, 
You want to be used by me? Yes, God, I want to be used by you. I'm so excited, you know, after Sunday, I'm so excited by Pastor Dave's message. I want to kill heaven now. And, and, and hopefully you say that. And, and God says, that, yeah, so do I. I know I'm the Holy Spirit. I want to move your life. Let's partner, okay? Yeah, heavenly high five. And then God says, and then now, um, cook a nice meal for your housemate. Huh, my housemate? But I don't like my housemate. Yeah, but I have a race set before you. But I don't like my housemate. Yeah, I know. But my, but, no, no, Holy Spirit, you don't understand. My housemate is mean. My housemate empties the trash in my room. My housemate throws my toothbrush in the toilet. My housemate hates me. My housemate, you know, laughs at my faith. My, my, my housemate is not nice. My housemate steals my groceries. My housemate, I, 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 I hate my housemate. And God is saying that, okay. But what did Jesus do? Otherwise, we obey, but we obey grudgingly. Like, fine, Holy Spirit. I'll love my housemate. I'll cook them. I'll cook them. I'll cook them. I'll cook them something. You know, put some extra citron peppercorn inside. Yeah, I'll, you know, buy them a gift. Yeah, sure. I'll buy them something from Poundland, from Oxfam. Pre-loved. Because I don't have love for them anymore. You know? Hello, you've been there before? Maybe you haven't done that to your housemate, but maybe some of us, you know, we've given to offering like that before. Ooh. We served like that before. Fine. Fine. I'm not supposed to be on schedule today, but Gareth wants me to serve at Australia. Fine. I'll stand outside. One day I'll stand outside so much he won't see me again. But no, 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 no. The Bible says, look unto Jesus. How would Jesus do it? How would Jesus do it? Your housemate could be a demon in disguise, but Jesus still loved the demon possessed. And he looked unto Jesus. I can't forgive. You don't understand my family past. You don't understand the abuse I've been through. Yeah, Jesus was abused too. See, if, if we look at other people and how they do it, we will be filled with anger. But when we look at Jesus, the author and finisher, look at how Jesus did it. Look at how Jesus finished. How did Jesus treat the people who abused Him? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How did Jesus, you know, face His, his haters? Jesus says, love your enemies. Look unto Jesus. What about other obedience? What about other things, you know? Other weights and snare? You know, you know, maybe all of us here, we are tempted in one way or the other. We're affected. If it's not by the flesh, then it's by fear. And sometimes we can even go like, you know, God, I love you. I don't mind serving you. But God, how come there's no blessing in the area of my life? And, I feel, and you feel like giving up. I've seen so many people. You know, they run for Jesus, but, but, uh, but I'm just going to get very real and then, and then you know, I'm going to cut short my message. You know, I, I've seen, and, and I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm saying this out of love. I'm not saying it in condemnation because there's no condemnation in Christ. But I've seen too many people forfeit their race because of relationships. And God is saying, run the race. And they go like, I love you, God, but, but I also want relationships. And I've seen people who were so on fire, but along the way of being on fire for Jesus, they realized, man, I'm getting older. All my friends are getting married. I'm still single. You know, does God not care? Am I going to die a single person? And, and, and out of that fear, they enter relationships that, that, that draw them away from their calling. That caused them not to run the lane that God set before them. And then sometimes we're afraid. We're afraid of dying alone. How do you overcome that? Jesus died alone. But it's not about how you die, it's about how you lived. Jesus died single too. Because it's not about relationship and marriages, because in his kingdom there'll be no more marriage. Friendship is the ultimate thing. That's why. Jesus said, today I no longer call you servants, I call you friends. That's why friendship is so important. 
That's why in the talk this coming Saturday, we're going to tell people you might be dating, but, but grow your friendship. Because your relationship might break off. Your relationship, even if you get married in the kingdom of heaven, it doesn't continue. Everything has a beautiful reset. It's a mystery. Don't come at me. We can talk after the service. But friendship will never die. That's why Jesus said, we're going to be friends. And you see, sometimes we, we put our eyes on the wrong thing. We're running the race, but our eyes are on the wrong prize. Our eyes on the prize called relationship. Our eyes on the prize called money. Our eyes on the prize called success and fame. No, the eye is always on Jesus. How do you finish the race well? By putting your eyes, fixing your eyes on Jesus. You realize in Jesus, it's not about relationship. In Jesus, it's not about how you die. In Jesus, it's about so much more. You know, I, I know I'm running out of time, so I hope you catch this, friends. I hope you get excited. I hope heaven rules, doesn't remain a, 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 just, just a little nice, you know, tagline. It's not a tagline, it's a truth. God's kingdom is coming. Jesus is coming back. And He wants us to usher in His kingdom together. He wants us to herald His kingdom he wants us to be ambassadors of His kingdom. To, to, to go in advance of Him. Just like how John the Baptist went ahead of Jesus, making the way in the wilderness, God is now giving us that same opportunity to, to go into our world and make way for Him to move. And God wants to move. This year, God wants to save. This year, God wants to heal. This year, God wants to, you know, break all categories of, of what we think is Christianity. This year, heaven's going to pour out. The question is, will we say yes to Him? And this message is to encourage you. Maybe you've grown cynical. Maybe you've grown discouraged. Maybe you waited for the kingdom to come, but it feels like it's been too long. I'm here to tell you, heaven rules. It's going to happen. Something big's going to happen this year. I can feel it in my bones. But let's get excited. Amen? When we only get excited after the team wins, that's not faith. If England can sing, it's coming home. And every time we lose, we still sing, it's coming home. What more when we know that Jesus has won it and He is coming home? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word. I pray right now, Lord, that you will just fill us afresh with your, with your Holy Spirit again. Fresh fire from heaven. Lord, I pray. Lord, help us. Help us. If there's anyone here who feels like they've never been good enough to be included in your plan, and because of that, why even bother? Why even try to live righteously? God, I pray that today you will change their perception and help them to realize that you love them and that you have a plan for them, and you're not just loving them for the sake of loving because you're a good God. No, you love them because you're good, but also because you want them. You don't need us, but you want us. What a joy to be wanted by God. What a privilege it is to be wanted by God. How can we not be excited? How can we not be proud? We're not just in some kingdom where the leader doesn't know our name. The prime minister of this country doesn't know my name. But in the heavenly kingdom, our supreme leader, Jesus Christ, knows my name. And for the joy set before Him, which included little old me, he endured the cross. So how can I live ordinary for Him? How can I live sleepwalking through this life? So God, we believe You rule and reign forevermore. We believe Your kingdom will come, is coming, and Your will will be done and is being done. In a greater measure, we want to see more healings happen. But Lord, you're also looking for volunteers. You're also looking for vessels. So God, make us your vessels. Forgive us if we have succumbed to the pressures of this world and become shy about our faith to the point of maybe even denying it sometimes in front of others. But Lord, forgive us for we know what a fool we've been we're missing out. Something big is about to happen. 
Lord, would you pour out fresh fire? Would you bring excitement into our bones again? Lord, help us not just to believe, but help us to hope again with excitement. There's a plan for us. Help us to look at our situation and circumstances as part of your plan. Not a boring plan. Not a plan of condemnation and punishment, but a powerful plan that is in the same vein as the different heroes of faith that have gone before us. And in you, it is possible in this lifetime. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.